This morning we continue in our look at meal stories in Luke's gospel, and while we mentioned last week there are 19, we're only going to look at five of them. So today we're going to look at one that I think you probably have heard. Um, It's found in chapter 19, verses 1 through 10, and if you want to follow along in your pew Bible, it can be found on page 77 of the New Testament portion. So here the word of God is told in Luke chapter 19, verses 1 through 10. Jesus entered Jericho and was passing through. A man there named Zacchaeus, a ruler among tax collectors, was rich. He was trying to see who Jesus was, but being a short man, he couldn't because of the crowd. So he ran ahead and climbed up a sycamore tree so he could see Jesus, who was about to pass that way. When Jesus came to that spot, he looked up and said, Zacchaeus, come down at once. I must stay at your home today. Zacchaeus came down at once, happy to welcome Jesus. Everyone who saw this grumbled, saying, He has gone to be the guest of a sinner. Zacchaeus stopped and said to the Lord, Look, Lord, I give half of my possessions to the poor, and if I have cheated anyone, I will repay them four times as much. Jesus said to him, Today salvation has come to this household, because he too is a son of Abraham. The human one came to seek and save the lost. This is the word of God given for the people of God. Amen. I invite you to pray with me. Lord, settle our busy minds and open our hearts so that wherever it is that we sit when we hear this, we may hear your words. And may my words be your words indeed. Amen. So yes, last week we heard a meal story. The feeding of the 5,000 with five loaves and two fish. And that story, we learned, is told in all four of the Gospels. Today we hear a story that is only found in Luke's Gospel. And today we don't get to go to the meal in the story Rather, we are privy to the invitation to the meal. We get in on the action that leads up to the meal. We are deep into Luke's gospel here, and Jesus is moving closer towards the destiny that he has predicted to his disciples several times. He is passing through Jericho, one of the oldest continually inhabited cities in the world. It was a large and thriving place at the time. Herod had a fancy schmancy palace there. And this, this will be the last event in Jesus' public ministry that Luke tells about. Because by the end of this chapter, Jesus will be riding into Jerusalem on the back of a donkey as followers wave palm branches and shout Hosanna at him. We are that close to Jerusalem, that close to the end. Now, as he enters Jericho, a man named Zacchaeus is anxious to see him. And we are told Zacchaeus is a chief tax collector, a ruling tax collector. And we are told he is rich. And if we were hearing this story back in the day, those two pieces of information would have perked our ears up, raised our antenna. 
Because by this point of Luke's gospel, we have met more than a few tax collectors, more than a few rich guys. The tax collectors often repent and end up following Jesus. The rich guys don't fare so well in Luke's way of seeing the world. In fact, you could say that from the get-go of his gospel, Luke is all about turning the world upside down for the wealthy, seeing the rich walk away empty as the hungry are fulfilled. Luke is the one who tells us the story of the rich man who builds more barns for his stuff only to die that very night. Luke adds in the story of a rich young man who walks away sadly when Jesus tells him he must sell his possessions if he wants to understand the kingdom. And then, of course, there's that lovely quip that it's easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich man to enter heaven. So we ask ourselves, what's it going to be with Zacchaeus? Rich man who ends up on the wrong side of the kingdom? Or tax collector who sees the light? We usually hear this story as a tax collector who happens to be rich who sees the light, right? And that seems to be what we heard this morning. Zacchaeus proclaims, half of my possessions I will give to the poor, and if I have defrauded anyone, I will pay back four times as much. I will. And then, then, Jesus says to him, today salvation has come to this house. It certainly sounds like Zach has repented of his wicked ways, and in so doing, he gets Jesus' salvation and blessing. It appears to be a story about someone who makes right by their life and then is forgiven and granted salvation. There's just one little problem. Zach doesn't say he will do these things. Now, translation is tricky, but in the original Greek language in which this gospel was written, he proclaims he is already doing these things. No one seems to know why translators have taken a clearly present tense verb and changed it into a future tense. Put simply, why have they taken the word give and changed it to will give? We don't know. It is it a case that our prejudices color our ability to read this story for what it is instead of wanting to lay a meaning onto it of what we think it should be? Now, there's lots of translations to the Bible, but it's really interesting to me that the oldest English translation, the King James, and the newest English translation, the Common English Bible, both translate this crucial verb the same. So let's listen to the Common English Bible translation, and you see what you think. We're going to re-enter the story where Jesus has called Zach down from the tree and invited himself to dinner at the rich tax collector's house. Zacchaeus has joyfully accepted Jesus' invitation, and here's a closer, more accurate translation of what happens next. Everyone who saw this grumbled, saying, he has gone to be the guest of a sinner. Zacchaeus stopped and said to the Lord, look, Lord, I give half of my possessions to the poor, and if I have cheated anyone, I repay them four times as much. Can you hear the difference? To me, it's like he's saying to Jesus, 
I know I'm a dirty tax collector. I know people don't approve of me, but I try to live the best I can with this stinking job. I already give away half of what I own. And if it turns out I have cheated someone, I make it right immediately as soon as I find out. Are you with me? Can you hear that this verse, this way, is more of a defense of himself and his good habits rather than a promise to change in the future? And then Jesus says to him, Today salvation has come to this household because he too is a son of Abraham. The son of man came to seek and save the lost. Seek and save the lost. Zacchaeus is lost, not because he's a tax collector, not because he lives a bad life, not because he is rich. He is lost because he has been cast out of the community by the judgments of others. Jesus is saying that Zacchaeus is as much a child of Abraham, a son of the covenant, a child of God, as all those who grumbled that Jesus was going to eat once again at the house of a sinner. Which makes this not a story about repentance, but a story of restoration. A story about returning a lost sheep to the flock, to the community. And that fits completely with one of Luke's overriding themes, that Jesus has come to find and save the lost. The poor, the forgotten, those on the fringes of life, those who are misjudged, those who are treated as less than by their communities. The twist, of course, is that Zacchaeus is not poor materially, He doesn't look lost to the others as they envy his wealth. He's not really less than in terms of status. He's the chief tax collector. But he has clearly been judged and tossed aside by his community who have labeled him a sinner because of his job. He's an outsider. He lacks relationships and a place of belonging in his own town. He has been canceled. And as Jesus passes through Jericho, he realizes that a lost sheep of Israel is hanging overhead in the trees, and he wants to find and restore that lost sheep to a full life, to assure him and the crowds that he too is a son of God, that he belongs. Now if we go back to the beginning, remember Zacchaeus was determined to see Jesus, to catch just a glimpse of him. He seeks Jesus, goes looking for Jesus, wants so desperately to find Jesus, he throws all pride to the wind and climbs a tree to get a chance to see Jesus. Men in those days did not humiliate themselves by running, let alone climbing up trees. You have to admire his determination. But while Zacchaeus could not see Jesus due to the crowds, Jesus saw him, called out to him went to his house, had to go to his house, he said. Salvation itself in the person of Jesus had to go to Zacchaeus' house. Why? Not to get Zacchaeus to be a better person, 
not to get Zacchaeus to repent, which means change directions. Zacchaeus was already going in the right direction. No, salvation, Jesus, had to go to the house of this rich tax collector to restore him to his community, to bring him back within the fold of relationships, to make it clear to him and to all those others that he was and always will be a child of God. Zacchaeus did not earn his salvation that day. None of us earn our salvation. That's not the way it works. Our salvation is the gracious gift of a loving God who always wants us restored to wholeness, to faith, to divine love, to relationship. Salvation is the gracious gift of a loving God who is always seeking us out, calling to us, wanting to come and stay in our homes, in our hearts. So while Zacchaeus did not earn salvation that day, he was renewed and restored and lifted up in the eyes of the community as a child of Abraham. And think what that must have felt like for him. An outcast all that time who is now recognized as one of God's very own in front of the entire grumbling crowd. Why did Luke tell this story? Remember, he's the only one that includes it. Luke's gospel, as we said, is about the upending of the ways of the world. The virgin bears the baby God. The rich end up on the short end of the stick. Jesus' mission is for the lost and the outcast in Luke. The lost and the outcast. Today, salvation has come to this household. The Son of Man came to seek and save the lost. The last words of Jesus' public ministry in this gospel. Seek and save the lost. Remember, by the end of this chapter, Jesus will be facing that faithful week in Jerusalem that brings his ministry to a tragic end. Luke wants to remind us what this has all been about for Jesus, that the lost are found always. Now, Luke also loves to surprise us, to throw in a curveball that makes us pay attention. Today's curveball is a good, rich guy. Today's surprise is that the tax collector already strives to bring the kingdom to places that he can. So today it's our expectations and judgments that are overturned once again. Who we think has it right doesn't. Those that we are sure have missed the point get it. Jesus' last public action in this gospel is an encounter with an outcast before he himself will be cast out by the authorities and the crowds. So as I said, this is not a story of repentance or conversion, but a story of restoration. It is the story of one who has been canceled by his peers, being restored to that community. And so the questions for us become, who needs to be restored in our personal lives? perhaps in our faith community, in our local towns and villages, in our country, in our world. Where are our judgments about other people out of line? How are we defining people by the stereotypes of their lives or their jobs? 
Who are we pushing to the back of the crowd? Who do we ignore, cast aside as unimportant, convince ourselves is unworthy? Who do we grumble about? Who do we force to climb a tree to get what they need and what they deserve? Who do we cancel? This summer we are asking ourselves how the stories of Jesus' meals in Luke's gospel are metaphors for the church. So today the question is simple. Who are we sure is the last person in the world that Jesus would go have dinner with? Because Luke says to us, guess what? That's just the one Jesus came for. Our questions, will we notice them? Will we invite them? Will we assist them? Will we learn from them? Because the crowds had a lot to learn from Zacchaeus that day. I mean, talk about tithing. This guy went way over tithing, right? Tithing's 10%. So we, too, can learn from those that we may think we've canceled. Jesus came to seek and save the lost, to bring restoration to the outcast and the forgotten. Our job is to look up in the trees and see who's hiding there, to call out to them and welcome them down, to remind them and ourselves that the kingdom is ushered in a bit closer when we are all recognized as children of God. And by the way, if you're still not convinced by this reading of the story, which is fine, but for me it's interesting to note that Zacchaeus means pure, innocent, clean. So be it. Amen.